Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to Cargo Margo. I'm absolutely thrilled to begin this part of my journey into, what is it, maybe season four of Cargo Margo. And so 2023, we have some fabulous guests that I'm super excited to collaborate with and really help share some of the experiences that they've had. And so you'll leave, whether it's watching the show or one of our micro clips, with some valuable information, and it's free. So today we're going to talk to an absolute, I would say, sales enthusiast. (laughs) He is just such a professional and someone I'm really excited to travel to meet. Uh, Tom is one of our fabulous guests today. So I want you to give a warm welcome to Tom. He works for McKesson. He handles national sales and runs uh, an internal team and mentors that team. And so we're excited to dive into his journey and his experiences. Give a warm welcome to Tom. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you, Mark. I appreciate it. This is cool. Absolutely. So, Tom, where are you streaming in from? Uh, you know, share with the audience. Yeah, sure. I'm in uh, Mosley, Virginia, which is right across the river. So those of you that are from Richmond know that I'm on the other side of the river of uh, the city of Richmond. So uh, it's uh, it's nice. It's a little country, but it's nice. I like it. I like it. I'm originally from New Jersey, so it's uh, it's definitely different. It's definitely different. No, it's beautiful out there. You know, we were talking earlier about the fact that one of my favorite customers, a couple of my favorite customers are out there. And so traveling out there quarterly. So I'm looking forward to seeing you in February. Yeah, definitely. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. So tell me, how did you get into sales? Uh, Is it something that you knew that you always wanted to do? Uh, Did you have someone that inspired you uh, and you wanted to emulate that person? So, you know, please share with our audience, how did you get into sales? So it was 100% by accident. Uh, Actually, when I graduated college, uh, my intention was was to uh, work in radio. Um, And uh, I wanted to do anything but sales. That was the last thing I wanted to do. And it's funny, I was working in a restaurant and me and this other guy, we graduated from two different colleges, but we both have the same uh, communications degree. And we're, we both were like, we're never going into sales. And so um, I uh, couldn't find work. And so uh, this company said, you know what? Hey, uh, if you want to work for us, you can, you know, sell some stuff. And I'm like, ah, I said, I don't, I don't really want to work in sales, but I couldn't find a job. And they're like, well, they're like, uh, well, we like what you, what you, you know, the interview went okay. And they said, well, how about this? We'll give you 90 days, try it. And if you like it, great. If we like you, great. We'll offer you a job. If not, we'll part ways as friends. And my big negotiating, uh, you know, uh, tip there was I said, Hey, you're going to, you're going to train me. And they're like, yeah, we'll train you. And I said, okay, that's cool. And so uh, I took the job and, uh, you know, uh, I learned a lot and they, they trained me and, uh, I really liked it. I enjoyed it. I felt that, you know, I was a, uh, wrestled in high school and college and I felt kind of like I was playing sports. Like, you know, every, every day you win and you lose and you know, your highs of highs, the lows of lows, everything in between. But, uh, I, I, I learned to, you know, I, I learned that I really like it. And now at this point, I, I love it. I've been doing it. I've done nothing else <laughs> my whole career. Yeah. Yeah. So you, so it sounds like you like a little bit of chaos. Yeah. 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 It was fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's exciting in sales and, and you're right. It's extremely rewarding. You're building relationships, new relationships, and it does, it takes a lot of work to get to know someone and, you know, really be present with that individual and then offer them value, uh, increase 
you know, their journey and experience with you. It, it is, it's a lot. And so tell me what has your experience been like in sales? You know, you just kind of jumped into it. Yeah. What were your expectations? Did you have any expectations and did those expectations align with reality? You know, uh, it take, it took a little bit for me. And, and what's funny is my very, very first sales job was selling, um, wire. So, that is, uh, you know, talk about commodity, commodity you know, um, sold wire. And then I went into finance. And then I don't think you can get any more commoditized than finance. Um, and now I'm selling medical supplies. And so, uh, you know, I manage a team, uh, you know, now it sells medical supplies, but I still talk to customers quite frequently. Um, and you know, I, you have to find what your value is. And that's what the customers want. So even, you know, wire is a, it's a piece of copper, you know, and, uh, um, but what's the value that your organization brings that you bring as a, as a salesperson and as well as your organization, you know, uh, we have a lot of, you know, today with Kesson, it's a fantastic, very big company. We have a lot of, you know, uh, different tools to help, you know, businesses run more efficiently and, um, you know, and, and to help their supply chain. But at the end of the day, we ship a box just like, you know, all of our competitors do. And, um, and do you ship the box better? Do you do it at a, at a better price? Yeah. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Um, you know, it's something we stock versus, you know, maybe with dropship, but it's what's the value of the whole solution, you know? So, um, you know, in the distribution game, you know, you, a lot of times you end up negotiating pennies and um, it's just what happens. Um, but uh, if you can provide a better solution, um, a better experience, um, you're going to have that customer. And, you know, I say it to, to my sales reps all the time, you know, yeah, you have to be competitively priced. Everybody does that gets you kind of in the door, but that doesn't keep the, the relationship. That doesn't keep the business. Cause you know, if you're the cheapest, you know, the next guy's going to come in and, and, and undercut you and that's going to go, you know, but if you're providing all those extra, uh, extra value is what it is. And, uh, you know, then you'll hold on to that relationship, you know, and the, the big thing that would need, especially, and you know, probably is better than anybody with, uh, all the supply chain stuff is, that, uh, people want to be communicated to and be told honestly. Hey, I'd rather you, I'd rather you tell me that it's going to take six weeks than tell me it's going to take three, win the business, and then the customer has to run around. You know, so they appreciate the the honesty, and that's a. It sounds weird, but that's like it, it's a big deal. It's always been a big deal, but I think now it's compounded. You know, because um, a lot of people don't do that, which is I think crazy. Which is There's a lot of competition out there. You can't focus on the competition, but you have to constantly stay ahead of the game. What value are you offering your partner? Because ultimately it's about them. Sure. How are you going to elevate and help them meet those supply chain goals? And yeah. add industry news, right? So a lot of my customers come to me for things that are happening, whether it's on the ocean or domestically. Right. And I have to understand what's going on. And so I'm sure that's correct in your industry as well, Tom. Yeah, no, it is. Um, it's it's funny. It's like uh, I've learned more about containers and, and that kind of stuff, you know, and uh, all the bits and pieces of the of the puzzle, you know, uh, the, uh, since the pandemic, you know, um, it's... Uh, I think a lot of it is being able to, um, and our company does a great job of this, uh, placing orders early and buying stuff, you know, trying to forecast where things, I mean, now for the pandemic, it was very difficult with PPE and all that, you know, I think everybody was kind of caught on their heels. Um, but during it, um, and I think beyond placing orders early, making sure you have stuff kind of in the hopper so that maybe you're there before 
uh, you know, maybe it's your competitors are, or that, you know, you can forecast appropriately, but nobody forecasts appropriately. You do your best, but you, you know, you, 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 you try to figure that out. But, um, that's so funny to see that because you're either lucky or you're wrong. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. It's like sales forecasting. <laughs> I haven't met a salesperson that can forecast yet. Um, it's not a knock. It's just the way it goes. Um, you can get close. Um, but uh, yeah, so it's, so it's, it's whether it's, uh, it's, being able to cope with your, 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 your inventory pipeline, um, being able to talk about substitutions and have relationships with, uh, for our, in our case, several different manufacturers so that if one falls, we can find another and, and maybe, uh, you know, uh, we also have private label relationships that, you know, that we can leverage, you know, and, uh, and so that having those relationships are, are key. Not a, I'm not, I'm not the one selling those relationships. You know, we have a, a group that, that manages and works with our, our supplier partners, but, um, we do work with the, um, not necessarily with the forecasting and things, but we will pull in our supplier uh, partners quite quite often, you know, um, into into orders and relationships and and uh, prospective customers and existing customers um, to help get them involved. And and where when I've been doing this for a long time here at McKesson, um, a lot of our suppliers trust us and trust my team that uh, you know we're usually pretty good about you know. Um, what we say is going to happen, you know, and, and, and working with them and, and bringing them into the, into the fold. So that's, that's another thing too, you know, being able to, um, while we sell, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say millions, but definitely thousands and thousands of different SKUs. Um, we work very closely with uh, the manufacturers. So we can't, I tell my reps, you don't have to be the expert. You just have to bring in the experts and, and our manufacturers appreciate that. So when they're, you know, I'm not saying that we get preferential treatment, but they know us. And so, we can, uh, you know, um, they know that we're going to make good on what it is that we, that we sell. Then you get into allocations and all that stuff. And it's wild. It really is. Um, but um, at the end of the day, if the, cu- the customer can trust you, that's really all they care about. I mean, if you yeah, absolutely, it's going to happen, you know? Yeah. And internal collaboration is really important. And it sounds like that's what you're doing and making sure you have the right supply chain partners like NFI, you know, the company I work for, uh, we have the assets uh, over 60 million square feet nationwide. And, it, you know, it's exciting, you know, having assets in every port. And so when you're able to partner with those uh, solid companies that are, you know, financially backed as well, we're doing $4 billion annually, uh, just like your company is, uh, you know, resourceful as well. And so, you know, you have to think twice about who you're working with. And so I really appreciate that. But I want to ask you, so within your team and within your sales journey, do you have any sales horror stories? And, you know, I'm talking about, you know, I've been yelled at, thrown out of a building. I actually had paperwork thrown at me, hung up on. I'm curious, have you, do you have one of these stories? You must share it and tell me. How, how did you overcome that situation? Yeah, so this is actually a funny story. Uh, um, this is one of my one of my reps has this. Uh, w- this is what I was working with uh, American Express at the time, and we were. Uh, I had uh, two teams. I had a, a healthcare uh, healthcare team. I had a, a franchise team. So our healthcare team sold to you know uh, doctors and and hospitals and surgery centers and like franchise team was uh, selling to uh, mostly restaurants, quick service restaurants. And so uh, the, this is a funny one. So one of my reps was like, Hey, I'm trying to call up this customer. And he's not, he's not interested in what it is that we're, we're doing. And he's really just, but I know they have a need. This was an Arby's. And at that point, Arby's was having to swap out all of their um, point of sale systems, right? The cash registers there. And um, they had to do it. We were the finance company that was, that was, the, that they selected to help. 
Um, and so we call this customer together. I'm on the phone. He introduces me and, and the customer just goes crazy on the, on the, on the rep. And he's just, don't call me, you know, I don't need your help. You guys can't do, you know, I, I don't, and I'm on the phone and this rep was relatively new. Maybe they're maybe three, five months, something like that. And so now he's embarrassed with his boss and he's getting ripped up and he's like, don't ever call me. I don't trust any of you guys, but it just went crazy for really no reason. Um, and this was like probably around the summer sometime. Um, so this is, and it's like the week of Thanksgiving and all of his point of sale systems go out. And, you know, uh, I think back then too, Black Friday shopping was a lot bigger than it is today now because it wasn't with all the, uh, with all of the online shopping, but at, at this point it wasn't as big. So I, um, you know, an Arby's having no cash registers during Black Friday, it's a big deal. Um, and so uh, he calls up and he calls, uh, you know, uh, I rep and he was just like, hey, uh, you guys said that you could, you know, uh, finance and get a purchase order cut to our uh, supplier within, you know, a couple of hours, did it, cut it in? And he's like, yeah, no, we can do that. He's like, okay, here, let me, let me get this, let's get this going. All my, all my point of sale systems went down and, and we were able to get it done for him in like a day and get a whole thing, you know, uh, installed and stuff. And what was cool about that was, what I love about that story is it had a happy ending, obviously, but customers, you know, it, it depends. And, you know, and I know as a consumer, I've been in that, you know, situation before. I get called on by somebody. I'm like, I don't need your, your, you know, air conditioning service, blah, blah, blah. And then my air conditioner goes out, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, <laughs> come on in, help me out. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. but uh, that was a good story. But uh, I mean, I can I've been yelled at and screamed at, you know, and especially, uh, you know, during the, the pandemic, particularly um, when we didn't have supplies and they look at a company like, like McKesson, we're a big company that, you know, PPE and all that stuff. And while we had a lot of it, we didn't have enough of it, not and no, but nobody did, you know, and and that was some difficult conversations, you know. People were like, "I need, you know, five truckloads. I can give you ten, <laughs> you know, um, that kind of thing, you know." And uh, um, we could, you know, and having those discussions is hard, and yeah, it's uh, I don't know, it's just it's the, it's the life of a sales rep, you know. It's uh, you know, and uh, I had to deal with a bunch of escalations, and those were long days, you know, uh, uh, during the pandemic particularly, but. Yeah. That's, how, do you get, how do you get through those, like the tough days? Do you have any go-to habits? I mean, you know, besides the margarita or a cocktail, do you <laughs> scream in your car? Do you yeah. journal? Do you, what sure. do you talk to your wife, kids? Yeah. My wife and kids at this point are sick of hearing about my uh, struggles. They've heard so many of them. This is the thing that's kind of uh, interesting that I've, I've sort of done, when I was, especially when I was a rep, I used to do this a lot. Um, so, um, as a, you know, a sales advice to always try to collect, um, referral letters. And then I would try to get either, I would get emails, you know, um, on their company letterhead and I would usually print them out and I would just keep them on my desk. And, um, just so I would use them for, you know, when I was talking to somebody, I'd say, hey, here's someone who's had a good experience with us and, and I would share them. Right. Um, so when times were really tough and I was really getting beat up on, I would pull up those letters when they'd be like, Hey, that was great. He did a good job for us. He was a good guy. And, you know, I'd read, you know, three or four or five of them and that'd make me feel better. Um, you know, that was uh, a nice thing. So I'm like, really, I don't suck. You know, um, you know, uh, today, uh, when uh, things get rugged, I, I do listen to a lot of podcasts and things and, um, and, you know, upbeat music. I have the, you know, Alexa here and, uh, you know, play some, some music to kind of keep me uh, positive, but reading those letters does help. Uh, you know, uh, it, it, uh, because specifically it was about me and saying, hey, you know, Tom's a good guy. And uh, that would make me feel better. <laughs> that would make me feel better. Yeah, no, it's important. You know, gratitude 
is everything and regret can be stronger. And so I think that when you're present, I know that when you're present and you keep track of the positives, it really helps to sustain oh, yeah. that journey. Because the worst thing is, you know, that can happen is you get inside your own head and then that's just horrible. Like that's the, and it's easy to, it's easy to, to get that way. You know, you have one tough call, another tough call and, you know, something else happens and, you know, and then it, it it's easy to just start beating yourself up. You know, the, I, the, the negative information comes at you fast and free. It's the, it's the good stuff. You have to go out and, uh, and source, you know, all the good positive information, you know? Yeah, no, definitely. So let's talk about some more personal questions. Sure. Uh, what is your biggest pet peeve? My biggest pet peeve? Well, I guess I, I may have a few, but uh, <laughs> I think the one uh, that probably sticks out um, is uh, I think being on time a lot of times is, is, a, is a big one. Um, I try and I don't and that always succeed, but I, I definitely try to be early for everything. Um, and if I can't be, I always will send a note or a quick, send a quick email or call. Because um, that's, that's a... I think if you're, if it shows a couple of things, shows that you're eager to, to either work with somebody or be involved in something, if you're there a little bit early. Um, also, I think, uh, you know, um, gives you a chance to prepare. Like when I mentioned earlier, I had gone to, to school initially for radio and I remember a college, uh, college professor teaching me on like student radio. And, uh, what she had said, if you, if you show up for your, and everybody had like a show, you know, so if you show up for your show and if you're there five minutes before, it's going to sound like you're there five minutes before, if you're there a half hour before and you can prep, it'll sound like you're there a half hour before. And so that's something that's always kind of stuck with me. Um, you know, even when we do like phone blitzes and things, you know, uh, I, uh, schedule for the reps, you know, time to, to prepare because you need that time to, to get yourself together. We clear your desk, we clear your head and we get lists together, whatever it is. Um, so that, uh, you can be ready and then you sound ready. Um, so I think that's probably a big one. That's probably a big one. So culture is really important and having the energy and vibe within the team, the tribe can make or break large deals. Have you ever had a nightmare rep? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, one day I said, I'm going to write a book about all the personalities of salespeople that I've known because the, uh, myself included, but there's a lot of there's per, there's personalities that you deal with. Um, so yeah, so I had a, a rep and what uh, his big thing was he, he would just, just lower cost. And that's all he did was lower cost, lower cost. And, you know, in our business, um, there's, you know, we have ability to access different contracts based on quantity and, um, and, you know, that sort of thing. And, um, and there's any myriads with, we have GPOs and all different ways to access different costs. All this he would do is just lower his price. And so all the, rep and so he started doing, he started doing well, is now his profit was in the, was guilt, was just decreasingly going down. But all of our other team was like, Hey, well, I know we're supposed to be accessing different contracts and group purchasing agreements and, and these different methods to uh, merchandising and things, different ways to, you know, make sure the deals are profitable, but you know, this guy's just lowering costs and I'm always caring. And, and I said, yeah. And the reps do have, you know, some control over the cost. Um, and uh, when it happened was I said, no, you know what? Um, and we talked, and again, I would talk to the truck all the time about costs and stuff, but I said, it gets to a point where, you can't, you can't go so far, you know? And so for, for like a quarter, man, maybe, maybe half a year, he was at the top guy, but you can only go so low at that point you, you lose money or you just can't do it. Um, and so then the guy who was number one was lowering his cost, fell to the bottom 
and everybody else was sort of like, you know, because they were doing things the right way. They all kept going. Bah, 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 bah. Um, and the guy who was the, you know, and he was also kind of, uh, I don't want to say boisterous and arrogant, but he was boisterous and arrogant. <laughs> when he hit the bottom, it, it, you know, he wasn't with us much longer after that. But uh, yeah, that he and yeah, he was uh, he was a nightmare rep. <laughs> he was a nightmare rep. <laughs> Now, here's a couple silly questions. Yeah. So if you could play one song every time you walked into a room, what song would that be? Well, there's a, a bunch of I could, I could probably think of, but uh, I do like the uh, the, uh, the the Star Wars uh, Darth Vader Imperial March. That's one of my... I think it's cool. Like, that's all. I mean, that'd be kind of fun. Uh, awesome. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, definitely a Star Wars fan, but that'd be cool. That'd be cool. Very cool. Now, if you could only eat one meal for the rest of your life, what would that be? It would have to be probably pizza. I know there's something more creative, but pizza is like, uh, you know, we probably eat around here at least twice or three times a week. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's one thing. If we found a good pizza place here in, in, uh, in Virginia, but uh, I just went home for the holidays and uh, I do miss New Jersey pizza. <laughs> I definitely miss mm -hmm. New Jersey pizza. Now, for the final question, if yes. you could have dinner with anybody wow. living or past, who would it be? Wow, that's a great question. That's a great question, you know. Uh, I would probably, that's a good question. I probably have to say my dad. My dad passed when I was 10, and so mm -hmm. I didn't have a lot of time to probably spend with them that uh you know, that I would have liked. So if I could, if I could go back and do something, I would like to maybe have a dinner with him and just kind of, mm. now that I'm, you know, I'm older and I have my own kids and, and that kind of stuff. That's, uh, that's something that I would like to do. That's something that I would, uh, yeah, I'd like to do. No, I really appreciate that. That's touching. My brother passed. And so I, I'm on that same page. I'd love to have dinner with him. Yeah. So can you tell our audience what's the best and easiest way to connect with you, Tom, because you're just such a light and such great energy. And I know that people are going to want to connect and collab and really get to know you more. So yeah. if you could tell us where we could find you. Yeah, definitely. definitely. I'm on uh, I'm LinkedIn. You know, it's a, uh, it's a uh, Tom, uh, T-O-M-W-H-A-L-E-N. It's like whale with an N. That's what I tell people. So it's easy. Uh, you can find me there. And, uh, you know, I put up, uh, you know, posts and I have, uh, you know, articles and things. And so, yeah, you can check it out there. Awesome. No, thank you so much. I really appreciate you. your time. And I know that we're going to connect. And when I travel yeah. out there, we'll definitely, definitely. Uh, connect for coffee, dinner. 100%, uh, 100%. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really appreciate you all. Appreciate you, all. Uh, you know, stay tuned for what we're, we're running live next week. Uh, you can find all that information on my profile and I'll see you all soon. Thanks. Thank you, Tom.